They say giving birth is equivalent to running a marathon, but what about being pregnant and building a company from scratch while taking on the multivitamin aisle? That is the story of Ritual's founder, Kat Schneider, who started Ritual because she couldn't find a prenatal she could trust. So I just started recently taking the Essential for Women multivitamin, and it's been great so far. They are super gentle on my stomach. I can even take them without food, which is just very convenient. And yeah, it's great because I just want to fill some gaps in my diet and I feel like this is exactly what I need. They're also great tasting. Like the, the Essential for Women multivitamins have like this minty taste. So I'm so not used to that. I'm used to that like not so great aftertaste. So that's been awesome as well. So although I am not pregnant, Ritual has a prenatal that you can trust. They are made with traceable ingredients. You can literally look at a map and see where all the ingredients have come from, which is super cool. And you better believe I checked that out and I loved it. And all of the ingredients are vegan, bioavailable, and clinically studied key nutrients for before and during pregnancy. They're also non-GMO project verified, gluten, and major allergen free. So why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Ritual is offering my listeners 30% off during their first month. Visit ritual.com slash birthnaturally to start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. Welcome to Birth Naturally. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Kate. And we're sisters having a conversation about everything from med-free birth to natural parenting. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today. Remember, if you're enjoying our podcast, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. It helps others find us. And make sure to follow along on Instagram, at birthnaturally. So, Kate, was a natural birth always part of your birth plan? For my first two, I really didn't even consider a natural birth. It wasn't until I was pregnant with Felix that I decided to really just do more research, and that ultimately made my decision for me to do it naturally that time. What about you? Well, I had always intended to have natural births, but with Jude, I actually tried to get an epidural. It failed, so I was kind of forced into it, but... As time went on, I kind of did my research and realized how much, how important it was to me. Right. So for some women, they arrive at this natural birth destination later in their journey, and some have it in their heart from the beginning that that's what they want to do. Today, Danielle's story, an epidural was always part of her birth plan. I don't want to give too much away, but unfortunately, unforeseen circumstances led her in a different direction. It changed her outlook on birth in general. I have been listening to Audible for years. It just started with a free trial and my favorite Ellen Hildebrand book. And then once I realized how much I could accomplish in a day, like cooking for the kids, cleaning, organizing the house, you name it, um, while being entertained, I was hooked. It has all of my favorite fiction books, but it also has our favorite books on natural birth like Mindful Hypnobirthing, Birth Without Fear, Birthing From Within, 
natural childbirth the Bradley way, just to name a few. If you use my link, you can get 30 days free of Audible. Just go to audibletrial.com slash birth naturally. And I suggest starting with Ina May's Guide to Childbirth if you haven't already, because that is a listener favorite. So once again, just go to audibletrial.com slash birth naturally for 30 days free. Hey, Danielle, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Hi, yeah, you're welcome. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about you and your family? Um, Okay, so I am 29. I'm married to my husband, Jay. We've been married uh, two and a half years now, um, together about eight years. We have a seven-year-old named Owen. We have a three-year-old, Nora, and then uh, we're expecting a third baby in March. Oh, wow. Soon. That's exciting. <laughs> so now this is your third pregnancy. So we're going to focus mostly on your second. So yeah. why don't you tell us about finding out you're uh, pregnant with number two? Um, well, we, so our, our first one was not planned. Um, so with the experience of planning, a baby was a lot more exciting. <laughs> um, so we found out, I guess it was the end of October, beginning of November of 2015. Um, and I was working full time at the time that I was pregnant with her. Um, it was a really tough pregnancy. Um, I was sick every single day until well into the third trimester, like 32, 34 weeks. Every single day I was throwing up. Oh my gosh. Very different, um, Then my first, uh, we did find out at the anatomy scan that she was a girl. Um, At first, I was told I had partial um, previa, um, but that had corrected itself by the next time that I had um, an ultrasound. So So, for for the listeners who may not know what that is, that's when your placenta is too close to your cervix, correct? Yes, it was partially covering. Um, But as everything grew, it grew out of the way. It is... Um, likely that if it's only partial previa, that it does move out of the way to be able to deliver vaginally. Okay. Um, so I had, so other than that, there was, I had just pretty much a normal, normal pregnancy. Um, with my first, I had, um, had the epidural and the whole time I was planning to get that, um, I told my husband that is the only that was my only plan for labor and delivery. I wanted the epidural. <laughs> <laughs> and did you have a smooth birth with your first with the epidural? Did anything go wrong? So with my first, um, I my water broke at home on his due date. I we went to the hospital. We actually dropped cookies off at my husband's work on the way there. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't even feeling. I had no contractions. Until I was in the hospital bed, I had two doses of Stadol, and then I got the the epidural. Like as soon as I started feeling any pain, I wanted the epidural, and my labor actually had stalled. Which, looking back now, was most likely from the epidural. Mm-hmm. Um, they were they wanted to give me pitocin, but they were really busy, so I ended up not getting the pitocin, um, and my labor did end up progressing. So I was in labor a total of like 13 hours with him. Um, he was born at four in the afternoon and I actually had to wait for the doctor 
because they came to check me and he was, he was coming and they were like, don't push. Oh and maybe wait for the doctor. looking back now, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I thought it went really, really smoothly, but it was not, <laughs> not the best experience. Right. Um, everything was fine with him. Um, mm-hmm. so when, when I went into labor with my daughter, I didn't want to be in the hospital for 12 hours again. I wanted mm-hmm. to be at home for most of it and go in and just push the baby out. Right. <laughs> exactly. So how were you feeling towards the end of your pregnancy? I felt fine. Um, I actually, so the day before she was born, we went paddle boating since she was born in July. So me, my husband and my son, um, we went out on the water on a paddle boat. And I had heard that that could like is one of those things that could kind of kickstart labor. So mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I'll try anything. I was um, <laughs> 39 weeks in one day when we tried that. Um, so that night when we got back, I started having contractions. And I was like, oh, that's too coincidental. Like that, those things don't actually work. These have to be Braxton Hicks. It can't be like, it can't yeah. be labor. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Those things never work. <laughs> right. So it, it, they continued, but they didn't hurt. And they and I had a contraction timer and they never were regular. Like I would have one 14 minutes apart and then it would last 30 seconds. And then I'd have one after five minutes and it would last 45 seconds. And then I'd have another one 11 minutes later. So they never throughout the whole evening, never became regular. I think at one point they even stopped for a little bit. Um, my husband, my son, they went to sleep probably around like midnight. Like I was still up. I never went to sleep. Um, I started like realizing, okay, you know what? This is probably the start of like actual labor. Mm-hmm. I was up with, like cleaning my house, making sure I had things together. Um, uh, it, I still wasn't really in a lot of pain. Like I, I was, I didn't have to really even breathe through them. They were fine. And I think around like one thirty, two o'clock, I finally woke my husband up. and was like, Hey, like, I think maybe like we should think about going to the hospital. Like let's, our son is, oh, and I said, let's get Owen to your parents' house. So I made the mistake of sending him alone to drop Owen off. Oh no. Well, I, made it home. I, I wasn't, I didn't want to sit in the car for mm-hmm. a 40 minute drive. Cause he would 20 minutes to his parents' house and 20 minutes back. And then we'd go to the hospital. So I was like, you take him, get that all situated, then come back and get me. Well, in the time that he was gone, labor progressed. Oh, <laughs> oh no. And you're Once all you got, alone. <laughs> yeah. Once you right. got your son out of the house, your labor was like, okay, let's get started. <laughs> exactly. I was definitely in labor, but at this point they still, contractions never were regular. They were still not the same duration, not the same like intervals. They were all over the place. So but I they were still, really intense. Yes. But I, okay. I still was not in like extreme pain. Like mm-hmm. at this point, like I still was like, when, when we get there, like I'm going to get the epidural. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt like very comfortable with everything. So as he's on his way back, I'm laying on the couch. Cause at this point I was like having to like really concentrate and breathe through them, but I hadn't prepared at all for a natural birth. So I wasn't like, I didn't know any techniques. It just kind of came to me to like mm-hmm. breathe and get through it. And I was still in denial that the baby was coming very soon. Um, so my water <laughs> broke on the couch. Oh, geez. <laughs> once that happened 
in my like in my head I knew she was coming, but I couldn't admit it to myself because I wasn't going to let myself think that I was going to have a baby by myself on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's scary. I was texting my husband and I was like, look, like you need to get back here and get me to the hospital. (laughs) And he pulled up and I was already like walking out the door, um, got in the car and I did not let on at all that like how close she was to coming because I didn't want him to panic while he was driving. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could feel in the car, like I thought at any second I was going to have to say, pull over, the baby's coming. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my God. How are you dealing with that so calmly in the car? Denial. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, like as I'm like talking to myself, I was like telling myself like, we're going to make it, it's going to be fine. But like in the back of my head, I'm like, it's a real possibility that like right. this is going to be. You're going to have a baby in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so when, we, when we got to, cause it was three 30 in the morning by this point, we get to the hospital and we have to go in through the emergency room um, and entrance because the labor and delivery um, entrance is closed. So we park there and he's like, okay, like let's get out. And I couldn't move because mm-hmm. I'm in the middle of the contraction. I could like feel like she's going to fall out. Oh, um, no. So I was like, we, you just have to, like, we have to wait a minute. I can't get out yet. So I walked into the emergency room um, and we go up to the desk and the lady's like handing us a clipboard and she's like, okay, fill this out, take a seat. We'll get you up to labor and delivery. And as I take the clipboard, I looked at, like, I looked at her and I was like, her head's coming out. Oh like my gosh. Never, she was crowning and <gasps> she was coming. Oh and so no. The, but can you I, fill out these papers, please? <laughs> right. I was like, I can't, she wanted me to take a seat. I was like, I can't sit down. Like there's a head coming out. <laughs> no. Ooh, that's the last thing you can do. <laughs> so th- there was no time to even get me up to labor and delivery. They, I what happened I, was like a blur. I don't remember if I walked, if they like laid me on to like a, like a gurney or whatever, mm-hmm. but they took me to the very first room, like right behind the receptionist's desk. In the emergency t- room. In the emergency room. Oh yep. Oh, wow. Tiny little room that was just filled with people. Like there was not a empty space in the entire room. So many people were in there, nurses, residents. Um, and I still like had like my, like, my nightgown on. Mm-hmm. I still had my underwear on. <laughs> They're like taking that off. They get me laying down. And I think my OB walked in like as she was coming out. Like, wow. I don't think the OB even like put hands on her. I think the resident delivered her. Um, my husband. So as I, there was like maybe like a minute between me laying down and her coming out. Um, so I did feel like the ring of fire or whatever, but from what I can remember, it was very, very similar feeling to when I had the epidural. Like that mm-hmm. was the, there was really not much of a difference. Like you, that pressure that people feel when they uh-huh. have the epidural was very similar. Like it, so I only had like maybe uh-huh. a couple minutes of like really unbearable pain, but at that point she was coming mm-hmm. and my husband like looked around and was like, can, can she get the epidural? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's too that's late for that, did. buddy. He tried. He was like, that's all she wanted. <laughs> it was very sweet of him to try. <laughs> so um, it, it's funny because like nobody was prepared. They didn't have like um, any like baby newborn mm-hmm. stuff down there. 
Um, so when my water had broken, it wasn't clear. Um, there had been meconium in my water. So they did get her, she wasn't crying right away. So of course then I panicked and I was like, why isn't she crying? And I was trying to keep me calm. Um, so they got like an adult sized oxygen tube and we're holding it up to her nose. She did end up, she was, she did end up crying. Um, and my husband went with her, we delivered at a hospital, at a hospital without a NICU. Mm -hmm. Um, but they, they did take her up to like the nursery and like, um, got her situated and my husband went with her. Um, but nobody really knows what time she was born because nobody thought to look <laughs> like, oh, <we're>, no, <laughs> it was like three forty-five ish, but I think some of her records like say three thirty-five. So there's like a 10 minute window mm-hmm. that she could have been born in. And we're just not really sure. <laughs> so, and what, what time did you get to the hospital? Uh, I don't, re- I don't remember exactly what time it was sometime after three thirty. Wow. Um, but it was, it was literally, like, we pulled up and she was born within five minutes. Like, wow. she, it was, well, yeah. You, they, sa- you said you wanted to labor at home. For, <laughs> I mean, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not what you had in mind. <laughs> Absolutely not. Nope. Didn't plan to do that. That's crazy. <laughs> so, so then after you had her, they took her up to the nursery. Did then you had to get transferred, I guess, up to labor and delivery yeah. or recovery room? Yes. Well, they actually, they couldn't even transfer her right away because neither of us had hospital bracelets. Oh my God. So they had, they had to wait until they got a bracelet on her and on me. I mean, had it been like an extreme emergency, I'm sure they would have just taken her, mm-hmm. but they wanted to make sure that she was identified. Oh yeah. That, that's crucial. <laughs> <laughs> Once she was out of the room, um, I, I started shaking and now I know that that's like kind of a common thing, but mm-hmm. I was so freaked out at the time. I was like, oh my God, am I having a seizure? <laughs> like, it is I scary. Whole, right. My whole body was shaking. I was freezing cold. And then they took me up to this room by myself, this like big, like it was a labor and delivery room. They like put blankets on me, but I'm just like, I was totally alone there because my husband was with the baby. Now my baby's gone. Oh. I wasn't prepared to do this. So it was, it was kind of at the time, a little traumatic because everything just happened so fast. Mm -hmm. But looking back, her birth was so much better overall than my son's. Like once I stopped shaking, like I could stand up right away. Mm -hmm. I felt Mm -hmm. normal right away. Like it was just, so even as traumatic as it was, (laughs) it was just such an overall better experience. Like for my body, I felt Mm -hmm. so much better. Um, cause I had had like back pain after I had him, like in the epidural location, they had to stick me twice with it. Mm. Um, so when we decided to have another one, I was like, well, I definitely want to do it natural and do it planned this time so I can actually enjoy it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not be, not to have such a frantic experience. So mm-hmm. I'd love to talk more about that. Like how you've been preparing yourself for a natural labor this time around. Um, I, well, I have eight weeks or less left. I'm since I haven't gone over my due date yet, I don't think I will this time. Um, but I, I haven't probably prepared as much as I should. And I think because I'm like, well, I did it without preparing before. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's (laughs) That's true. That's huge. (laughs) Um, I, I read a little bit of, uh, the book, I think hypno babies. Um, and that was really helpful just about like, being able, 
not quite like meditation, but like just being able to like have positive affirmations through it Mm -hmm. um, and know that like this is what your body has to do to like open up to get the baby out and Mm -hmm. just kind of like really being in your head and not like screaming in pain and just like breathing and staying as calm as possible. Um, Which I think is what helped with the pain the first time because I did keep myself very calm because I was in so much denial. Denial. (laughs) (laughs) I had to stay calm or I would have been too scared. Um, I also have looked up some of like, uh, I told my husband about like counter pressure, like on my back and hips, um, different birthing positions. Cause now I, I realize now that laying on your back is not the best way to give birth either. Mm-hmm. So probably had I been in a different position, I wouldn't have even had half of the pain that I did being put right under my back. Um, when I started pushing, um, and also like planning to push, push, like when my body tells me to push, like mm-hmm. I did with my daughter, because they didn't want me to push. They wanted to be able to get me up to labor and deliver. Oh. So my body did that on its own. With my son, it was it was coached pushing, and I ended up tearing. Mm-hmm. With my daughter, there was no tears. I had very little, like, um, any issues. Like, everything kind of went right back how it needed to be. So did you, did you experience the fetal ejection reflex? Your body was just pushing, right, without you mm-hmm. pushing? Absolutely. Yeah, yep. it's crazy. Isn't it wild? That happened with one of mine. And I remember them telling me, don't push. And I thought, well, I mean, there's no holding it back. This baby's coming out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they I, they not once did they tell me to push because I was waiting for like instructions like the first time and she just came out. <laughs> like I did nothing. Wow. Well, it sounds like you have done quite a bit of research. I think you sound pretty prepared to me. <laughs> yeah. And you know what to expect. You know, that's, that's huge. Yeah. I mean, every labor is different, obviously, but you sound like you have a good grasp on it and you're walking into it with more knowledge than you did with your second. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. what was, what was your recovery like with n- number two versus your first? Did you see a difference? Um, yeah, there was no, I mean, minimal pain after like with my first, I had trouble walking upstairs. Um, I had stitches with him, um, Mm. because of the tearing. Um, I actually, I realized after I had my daughter looking back on my experience with him and the stitches, I realized I put it together later on that the doctor, he was very old and he had, I, I, I'm quite sure he had given me a husband's stitch, um, mm. which is like the extra mm. stitch that they give you, um, which caused a lot Ugh. of issues for me. Um, so it was very painful walking upstairs, moving around. I did recover. I mean, quite, I mean, quickly, I was 22 at the time. So I, it, it wasn't, um, I didn't have a hard recovery, but I was back to normal immediately with her. So she was born at like three 30 ish in the morning, by like noon, the same day, I was like, I'm ready to go home. Like, I feel good. I feel totally normal. I don't want to be in the hospital anymore. Um, so yeah, it was, how, how long did you end up staying in the hospital for with her? Uh, they did, they, they did make a stay overnight. Um, and then we left probably around noonish the next day. So wow. a little over 20 hours. No, that's not bad at all. Yeah. So 
did you stick with the same OB this time or did you choose someone else? No, I, at first I was going to go the same one. And then I decided I, because this is the, with my second, she kind of like reset everything that was wrong with being stitched up too tight. Mm-hmm. And I decided I could not risk having that same doctor. Cause there's only a couple of doctors that deliver, um, through, there was only three at that practice. So I switched practices to one that delivered at the same hospital, but I was still putting the chance that he would be the one on call <laughs> that mm-hmm. would end up delivering. And it was giving me too much anxiety. So I actually ended up switching to a midwife practice at a different hospital. So I'm a little bit nervous to be at a different hospital this time. Um, but so far the practice I'm at is really great. Have you noticed a difference in your care with a midwife versus an OB. Both my sister and I have used both and we've noticed the care with a midwife has been much more hands-on and you get a lot more time in our experience than with an OB. How, how have you felt? Have you seen a difference? Yes and no. Um, the practice I'm at has OBs and midwives and it's a large practice. So I kind of, I haven't seen the same midwife more than twice So I kind of get someone different every time, but they do, it is a much less, I would say like a less clinical experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're really open to anything that I've wanted. Like um, I've, I declined getting the flu shot and the Tdap shot and they didn't say, they didn't even bat an eye. Like that was not a weird thing for them to hear. They were like, okay, sure. No problem. Yeah. That's huge. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I had, whereas I, with my first two, everything that the OB suggested, I was like, okay, yeah, like this is, this is routine. If this is what you do, sure. Whatever you suggest. And now because I've done more research on things, I'm, they seem to fit better. Yeah. And I really, I, I love that you said you did what they, what your OB suggested, but you've done your research because the whole reason we're doing this podcast is so moms know that they can make their own informed decisions about their birth because it's your body and it's it's your choice how you birth your baby. And there are options, you know, there are things that yeah. are routine, but you have choices. So yeah. that's great to hear that you, you've made those choices. Absolutely. Yes. I have a much more extensive birth plan this time <laughs> because everything that is routine, not, not shouldn't always be routine for everybody. They kind of just kind of go with worst case scenario mm-hmm. and make you do everything. And because I've had two perfectly healthy pregnancies and babies so far, I know that I don't need to do, like, I don't need the IV. I like, if they want to do a Heplock, fine, but I want to be able to move around and walk around and not carry a pole around with me. I want to be able to drink and eat during labor. I'm not at risk for C-section. Like I've now I feel very, I'm excited for this birth because I think it's going to be very empowering because I'm so prepared. Definitely. Well, we can't wait to hear about this birth. <laughs> yeah, that's super exciting. So do you have any advice for moms who are maybe who maybe had an epidural before and are considering going natural with their next birth? Um, I, I think definitely try. Um, even if you think that you want the epidural, try to go as long as you can because sometimes people get the epidural right before they would have like progressed 
a lot and they would have only been in pain for a short time anyway. Right. And epidurals, they do stall labor. So if it, and doing any interventions sets you up for more interventions. Mm-hmm. So That's if very you, true. <laughs> what, I, what always bothers me is when new moms, and this happened to me, any moms that I knew when I was pregnant with my first, they were like, oh, you want that epidural. Like you want pain medicine. Like you definitely don't want to do that natural. It hurts. And that's all I heard my whole pregnancy. So in my head, I'm like, okay, like everyone else does this. So I just think it's so discouraging when anyone like questions getting an epidural, they're met with, oh no, like you, you want the epidural for sure. And I just think there should be more of like, just try it. Like you can always get the epidural. You can always, you can always end up with the epidural, but if you think you want to have a natural birth, like that's our bodies are made to do that and you can do it. Yeah. It's totally possible. Definitely. And it is important to surround ourselves with positive people and positive stories, which is another reason why we want to do the <laughs> podcast because because there are so many people that are so negative and just saying like, give me the drugs, give me the drugs. And that's fine for some people, but for us who want to do it naturally, you know, it's, it's you not fun to hear. Yeah. You need that. The, the stories like you're sharing that it's possible, even without any planning, you did it and you're going to do it again. So that's awesome. Right. Yeah. Thank you. So do you have any products that you absolutely loved for yourself or your babies after postpartum? Um, I immediately postpartum, there's nothing that I can really think of. Um, but my favorite baby product is the nose Frida. Oh, um, I love it. Yes. I agree. <laughs> like I had those suction bulbs with my son and like the hospital ones are great, but like you don't know what's inside of them. And oh, the ones yeah. before are no good. The nose Frida has been the most amazing thing I've ever used. I still use it with my three-year-old because she doesn't know how to blow her nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> For like the $15 it costs, it is a really great investment. Is there a way for our listeners to get in touch with you if they have questions about natural birth or they just want to follow your story? Sure. Um, it's Danielle M. Barbado at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Your story was really encouraging and I'm sure moms will get a lot of information and strength from it. And we really appreciate you sharing and we hope you'll come back and share baby number three with us. We want to hear that story. You're getting close. I yeah, I would absolutely love to um, share that story. Thanks again to Danielle for sharing her story today. I think it could be really inspiring to first or second or even third time moms who are considering having a natural birth. And don't forget, if you're enjoying our podcast, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes and follow along on Instagram at birth naturally. See you next time.